0: Chapter six of Coffee and Repartee. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Coffee and Repartee by John Kendrick Bangs. Chapter six. Good morning, said the idiot cheerfully as he entered the dining room. To this remark, no one but the landlady vouchsafed a reply. I don't think it is, she said shortly. It's raining too hard to be a very good morning that reminds me observed the idiot taking his seat and helping himself copiously to the hominy a friend of mine on one of the newspapers is preparing an article on the antiquity of modern humour with your kind permission mrs smithers i'll take down your remark and hand it over to mr scribbler as a specimen of the modern antique joke you may not be aware of the fact but that just is to be found in the rare first edition of the tales of babbo an italian humorist. "'who stole everything he wrote from the Greeks. "'So,' queried the bibliomaniac, "'I've never heard of Bobo, "'though I had before the auction sale of my library "'a choice copy of The Tales of Boggio, "'bound in full-crushed Levant, Morocco, "'with gilt edges and one or two other Italian Joe Millers "'in tree-calf. "'I cannot at this moment recall their names.' At what period did Bobo live? inquired the schoolmaster. I don't exactly remember, returned the idiot, assisting the last potato on the table over to his plate. I don't know exactly. It was subsequent to B.C., I think, although I may be wrong. If it was not, you may rest assured, it was prior to B.C. Do you happen to know, inquired the bibliomaniac, the exact date of this rare first edition of which you speak? No, no one knows that, returned the idiot, and for a very good reason, it was printed before dates were invented. The silence which followed this bit of information from the idiot was almost insulting in its intensity. It was a silence that spoke, and what it said was that the idiot's idiocy was colossal, and he, accepting the stillness as a tribute, smiled sweetly what do you think mr whitechoker he said when he thought the time was ripe for renewing the conversation what do you think of the doctrine that every day will be sunday by and by i have only to say sir returned the dominie pouring a little hot water into his milk which was a bit too strong for him that i am a firm believer in the occurrence of a period when sunday will be to all practical purposes perpetual that is my belief too observed the schoolmaster "'but it will be ruinous to our good landlady to provide us with one of her exceptionally fine Sunday breakfasts every morning.' "'Thank you, Mr. Pedagog,' returned Mrs. Smithers, with a smile. "'Can't I give you another cup of coffee?' "'You may,' returned the schoolmaster, pained at the lady's grammar, "'but too courteous to call attention to it, save by the emphasis with which he spoke the word may.' "'That's one view to take of it,' said the idiot, "'but in case we got a Sunday breakfast every day in the week, "'we, on the other hand, would get approximately what we pay for. "'You may fill my cup too, Mrs. Smithers.' "'The coffee is all gone,' returned the landlady with a snap. "'Then, Mary,' said the idiot gracefully, turning to the maid, "'you may give me a glass of ice-water. "'It is quite as warm, after all, as the coffee, and not quite so weak. "'A perpetual Sunday, though, would have its drawbacks.' he added, unconscious of the venomous glances of the landlady. You, Mr. Whitechoker, for instance, would be preaching all the time, and in consequence would soon break down. Then the effect upon our eyes from habitually reading the Sunday newspapers day after day would be extremely bad. Nor must we forget that an eternity of Sundays means the elimination from our midst, as the novelists say, of baseball, of circuses, of horse-racing, and other necessities of life unless we are prepared to cast over the puritanical view of Sunday which now prevails, it would substitute Dr. Watts for Annie Rooney. We should lose tara Rabundier entirely, which is a point in its favour. I don't know about that, said the genial old gentleman. I rather like that song. Did you ever hear me sing it? asked the idiot. Never mind, returned the genial old gentleman hastily. Perhaps you are right after all the idiot smiled and resumed. Our shops would be perpetually closed, and an enormous loss to the shopkeepers would be sure to follow. Mr. Pedagog's theory that we should have Sunday breakfasts every day is not tenable, for the reason that with a perpetual day of rest, agriculture would die out, food products would be killed off by unpulled weeds. In fact, we should go back to that really unfortunate period, when women were without dressmakers, and man's chief object in life was to christen animals as he met them, and to abstain from apples, wisdom, and full dress. The idiot is right, said the bibliomaniac. It would not be a very good thing for the world if every day were Sunday. Wash day is a necessity of life. I am willing to admit this, in the face of the fact that wash day meals are invariably atrocious contracts would be void as a rule because sunday is a dies non a what asked the idiot a non-existent day in a business sense put in the schoolmaster of course said the landlady scornfully any person who knows anything knows that then madam returned the idiot rising from his chair and putting a handful of sweet crackers in his pocket then i must put in a claim for one hundred four dollars from you having been charged at the rate of one dollar a day "'for a hundred and four dies nons, in the two years I have been with you.' "'Indeed!' returned the lady sharply. "'Very well, and I shall put in a counterclaim "'for the lunches you carry away from your breakfast every morning in your pockets.' "'In that event we'll call it off, madame,' returned the idiot, "'as with a courtly bow, and a pleasant smile he left the room. "'Well, I call him off,' was all the landlady could say as the other guests took their departure. And, of course, the schoolmaster agreed with her. End of chapter 6